0: Everybody. It's then again with
1: Ken and Glenn.
0: We are here today <laughs> to, to speak of oh my gosh. one of the great American founding fathers. You may know him <laughs> as the inventor of the Lazy Susan. He uh, He has become one of the more controversial and perhaps we shall say less popular of the founding fathers for some legitimate reasons, some not. Right. But I think that is what draws me to Thomas Jefferson the most is because uh-huh. he, more than anyone else from that time period, and this is, this is going to sound trite, but I honestly believe this, he represents the duality and the dichotomy of the American spirit, the American founding, more than any other founding father.
1: I would concur with that and say that is probably why he is now controversial because dealing with the American spirit, honestly, is always going to be controversial. Right. And he was controver-
0: there was controversy surrounding him even back in the day. Oh, it was, it was terrific. The Sally Hemings story, folks, uh, was not, it was not a new thing. It came out in the election of 1800, which was absolutely brutal, which is when he became very unpopular and controversial because he was sleeping with black people. He was going to ban Bibles from every home in America. He was going to surrender <laughs> our sovereignty to, to the French. There's your atheist utopia. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, uh, Jefferson. But you know, and but but that's just it. And, but he was also oh uh, with the issue of slavery. And I think that's what that's where most people have come to hate him because right, they've, right. they've jumped on to this Hamilton musical thing where he is yeah. portrayed as a caricature. Let
1: me just stop you right there. One day we're gonna do a podcast. About Hamilton, well, the musical and the man, and you people are going to hate us so much if you love that musical. Hey, look, it's got some great songs, but uh, it's, it's angry making. But the, let us get back to Jefferson. Not, yes, I'm sorry, I'll I've say
0: the, a, the musical is not history, but people right. tend to think they it do, is, and they're misinformed.
1: Yeah, so, so so the way T.J. is presented in Hamilton is.
0: Yeah, part of the problem. Part of the part of the problem. But nevertheless, there he is, and you know, he is a slave owner. He's the same person who wrote "All men are created equal" and that they are endowed right. by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, and among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Again, it's that American right. dichotomy. And the thing about Jefferson, he was a very prolific writer. He was very careful. He would choose one word instead of two or three. And anyone who wants to espouse any political or social view can go into Jefferson's and letters find a place. and find a quote that totally supports her position. Right. Compartmentalization, universality of thought.
1: <laughs> the opinions are many. <laughs> yes, uh, they
0: are. But, he, but I mean, he really he really is an interesting character, and probably the the height of his popularity was during the Great Depression. That's when the Jefferson Memorial was you know, created, and people forever, the Democratic Party, had Jefferson and Jackson dinners because Jackson was the founder right. of the modern-day Democratic Party, right. and Jefferson was the spiritual center of it as right. the, the Republican uh, Jackson definitely looked to him. Absolutely. Definitely. Jefferson well. did not like Jackson. They actually dined together once. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. After, after the Battle yes. of New Orleans and— Jackson came to do his obeisance at Monticello, and he ate with Jefferson. And when Jackson left, Jefferson was basically, that man is a rascal, and he is (laughs) so uncouth and uncultured. God help us if he ever becomes president.
1: (laughs) You know, yes. And Jefferson, since you talked about the, the slavery issue, I mean, here's a man who writes very eloquently about the evils of slavery, that it's a bad system, that it's incompatible with a democratic republic and yet never frees his own slaves, even when he is given funds to do so. And once again, this makes the apologist squirm. And it, it kind of makes me squirm, too, because like, I was want, like, I want him to have done better. And I realized there were laws in Virginia. He, Look, he, you, can't just, you can't just free your slave. You then have to make sure that they either get out of the state within six months, or you have to provide them all with an education so that they will have a trade that is productive. It's no small undertaking.
0: And in his early days in the House of Burgesses, he actually introduced legislation to do away with those requirements and was voted down because he was some crazy abolitionist guy. So he did try in his early days to fix the situation. Arguably, depending on which sources you look at, later on after independence, he was also incredibly central in getting the Northwest Ordinance passed, which forbade slavery in In the the Northwest Territories north of the Ohio River. Jefferson has his fingers all in that. He
1: does. But he
0: still owns slaves. He does free some of them. It's only that Heming's family Family. that gets freed. And he said in a letter that his first conscious memory was being carried on a pillow on horseback by a slave. Right. That's his first conscious memory. And when you skip to the end of his life in 1826, on July 4th, right. irony of
1: ironies. Same day our good man John Adams dies.
0: Yes, exactly. And he's surrounded by the close members of his household, including several members of the Hemings family. family. I mean, it, 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 slavery is a scene. everything in his life, right. and it is the bookends of
1: and his there, life. And there's a, that scene. I think this this is just a fantastic visualization. I think one of the best jobs ever done in the, in the John Adams midi-series where they're doing the juxtaposition of you know here's Adams deathbed here's Jefferson's deathbed they're cutting back and forth as the two men slowly die and they've got that scene around the Jefferson deathbed and and Sally Hemings is right there holding his hand and tears coming down her cheek and you know people have criticized that scene and they've lauded that scene and you know one is well that's Saying that she enjoyed being a slave. Well, no, it doesn't say that. What it says is that whatever relationship they may have, and sure, he had all the power because he literally owned her, but whatever relationship they had, we don't know what it was in their minds. And people are capable. Humans are crazy creatures. The the bonds of affection that they form for each other can transcend the material condition, societal condition of slavery. They it can. can.
0: And we're not saying that happened with every relationship. Not even close. But... I think it does a disservice to all the humans involved to reject the humanity of what human relationships can be right. regardless of condition or right. state of freedom. Right. And that is, you know, that is by far the most complicated thing. In a and, and the DNA tests have shown that Sally Heming's children were the product of a Jefferson. Right. It is not one hundred percent guarantee. Yours truly I think it was because right. uh, well,
1: because there have been scholars that have done the research that have say, okay, well, that's what I was going right, to say. Right? Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah he was. Ahead.
0: Yeah, when you know, when they've said, well, when was Jefferson at home, and then they've looked at when when, when Sally's chi- children were born, and co- miracle, miracle is forty weeks. <laughs> it seems to always be forty <laughs> How weeks about that. And so it's it's it probably was, right. but I also think that that speaks to the affection that the Hemings family, and you know, they've they were very well treated. At Monticello, yes, they were. comparatively. Yes, they were. Com- comparatively. Uh, and they are the ones Sally Hemings' uh, children were all eventually freed. It's interesting. There is a, there, I will try to be very brief with this story, but this is a <laughs> fantastic story. Jefferson goes to France as the French ambassador. He takes one of his slaves with him, who is a Hemings, and because he wants him to go to cookery school in, right. in France, he, wants, he that- wants him to become a French chef because Jefferson loves the finer things baby yes, really he really does. does you should and he, see the hats
1: he brings back yes
0: <laughs> and he and, and he he writes over and says i need a someone to watch over my daughters please send an old maid who's had the smallpox well
1: somehow so first off i love that who's had smallpox so that it's not so caught it's and not spread, spread. I mean, it's and, just, and so that she does that, that, that is very jeffersonian yes,
0: very very <laughs> practical and then here comes a young sally Hemings, who by the way yes was his wife's half sister Okay, yeah, so let's think so about every, that, ladies and gentlemen. Every description, as they as they call it in the time, I'm using air quotes. She was she was high yellow. She was half white, and apparently looked Looks a great deal like Jefferson's deceased wife, who, by the way, had
1: said on her deathbed never remarried.
0: Never remarried, probably with Sally in mind. That's speculation. Who knows? Right. But so he's in France. He has the the man go and learn French cookery, and Sally's over there. Uh, the the man's sister. Yeah. And it's time that the, the term of service is over. He's about to go back to the States. And they have a, a meeting with Master, and they say, dear Master, we need to have a talk because the laws of France forbid slavery. Right now, we could walk out of this room and be free people and, and leave you in and a No lunch.
1: one would do anything to capture The us. laws of
0: France forbid you to take us back. Now, this is where this the is, humanity oh. of these people come in. Absolutely. Um, they say, but we'll cut you a deal. When we get back, I will go back with you, I will teach someone else all the fancy French cookery that I've learned, and then you will set me free and set me up in a restaurant. My sister will go back with you, and, and you will promise to free all of the children she has or subsequently will have. And Jefferson says, okay. And they go back with him, and that's exactly what right, happens. Right. It, I'm sure it frustrates him to have to get another French cook because he's not able to have his fancy French. <laughs> as, as Patrick Henry said, he has abjured his native vittles uh, for the fancy French cookery. Oh my and, God. Then, and then Sally you know Hemings' what? children were all freed. Yeah. I think it was John. John Hemings was yeah. freed and given some money to start up a restaurant. He goes north and unfortunately does not do very well at all. I think he ends up committing suicide. Right. But uh,
1: nevertheless... But, but, and here's the thing. With that incident, th- this shows the folly of judging the past with modern sensibilities. You can't, because anyone present would go, well, no, you're stupid to go back. Why Just stay. You, you, can't, you can't wrap your head around any reason why you would willingly go back into the condition of slavery. Yet these two people did, who arguably and demonstrably weren't idiots.
0: Exactly. They so why would they go? Why would they do it? Because they were getting something better out of it. Right. Period. And so all that to say, Jefferson is a perfect example <laughs> of how complex the issue of American slavery is and that's one of the fascinating well, things to study. Now, there are also instances where if there was a runaway on his on his plantation, he had the overseer beat that slave yes, to within an inch of his life.
1: He there were instances where people who were known to be problem slaves were seized in the middle of the night and Taken away and sold. Yes. To 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 specifically instill fear. Yes. You know that's that's horrible. Yet that's also Jefferson. I want to well, do something real. And the, and the well, and
0: plantation. Well, 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 yeah.
1: And, and, and but that's what I'm saying. Yes. The, the, Jefferson has he's an astounding philosopher, but he has this. Bismarckian practical real politics side, which is, well, we know that seizing someone in the middle of the night does work and making other people not do what that person did. Exactly. So, so yes. do that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's brutal, but yeah, it's part of what Jefferson, the life he has chosen. Now, what I want to do is a little compare and contrast work with Jefferson and Washington because they're both revered founders, both owned slaves but they came to do very, very different things with their slaves. And, and the reason I want to choose Washington is because Washington and Jefferson are both bound by the same Virginia laws. Right. And, and Washington took a very different path than Jefferson working under those same restrictive laws. They are. They're very restrictive. You know, for those of you who don't know, uh, so Washington is owner of Slaves by Purchase. And by inheritance, just like Jefferson is owner of slaves by purchase and inheritance. But at a certain point, and this is during the Revolution, during the War for Independence, I should say, because we've stopped using the term, at least well, around here we have. We try yeah, to. We tried to. Uh, the War <laughs> for Independence. Uh, Washington makes a resolve to no longer be the owner of slaves by purchase. In other words, he said, I'm not going to buy humans anymore. Now, he still owns humans and the natural increase of the uh, population increase. He'll still own more, gain more, but he's decided, I'm not going to buy anymore. So far as I know, Jefferson never made the, he, no, the proclamation. No, he did not. I, 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 You know, I've decided I'm not going to buy humans anymore. Washington overtly well, said, I'm not going to do it. It
0: was more a selling thing, but I'll, I'll come back to that Okay. In a yeah.
1: Well, well, and that's the other thing. Washington also said, I'm not going to sell slaves. Unless it is because they have repeatedly run away and are now a discipline problem, and he only did that once after he made that vow. And his stated reason is he did not want to break up families, and it's the influence of people like John La- uh, Henry La- yeah, Henry Lawrence, and uh, and, and Lafayette and Marquis de Lafayette. There, you know, so he's exposed to other ways of thinking about slaves and slave societies from these two guys, and and, and Lawrence especially is a South Carolinian, and he's saying, you know, right. we need to abolish slavery. Whoa, you're from South you're Carolina. Insane. You're a crazy man. But next we'll let women vote. Are you exactly. insane? But, you know, Jefferson also encounters people who are suggesting other ways, you know, abolishing slavery and get away with slave society in general. And while neither man outright frees their slaves in their lifetime, neither does. Right. Washington, in his will, makes provision for all of his slaves to be freed and for them to be educated and set up in a trade, and sets aside the money to do it, he does do it. He, wa- this is why. This is why I, I, Washington is no deep or cosmic philosopher in the same way that Jefferson is, but Washington also walks the walk,
0: and that's that's the difference. Really, here's Washington was a fantastic businessman. He was not ahead in the clouds. Uh, philosopher. As Adam right. said, perhaps she was asleep in philosophic tranquility, Mr. Jefferson. <laughs> Jefferson was not a businessman. And the and I, yeah. will, I will put forward the biggest difference in how they operated with that was Jefferson's crippling debt. Yeah. He had, when he, when yeah. Martha Wells Skelton, his wife who he married, who he did love for 10 years before she passed away, came with a lot of property and came with many slaves, but he also inherited a vast amount of debt that from that point on he was it, never it, able to get out from under. He yep. just wasn't. Who knows what he would have done if he didn't have if he wasn't saddled with those monetary issues, but he was. Right. And those monetary right. issues and that debt determined his morality yeah. vis-a-vis slavery. Yeah. Here, it, they just had to. Yeah.
1: You know a, a, another one to throw into the mix here is is my man uh, Patrick Henry because he there's a series of letters he he writes back and forth with this Quaker minister, and he's pretty frank. This is a pretty frank exchange in these letters. In the, in the Quaker is he's, he's taking him to task about his slave owning, and and, and he finally just point blank says, "Why do you still own slaves, Patrick? You know it's wrong. You've said it's wrong. Why aren't you freeing your slaves right now?" And he writes back. And he says, "I know, yeah. Who would have thought? Once again, I'm just going to Who would have thought I, Thomas Jefferson, I'm not sorry, Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> I, Patrick Henry, you know, the champion of liberty, would would be the owner of, of humans?" He said, but, "But I am, and and I admit it. I own them because I cannot get around the inconvenience of doing without them."
0: Sheer and he, honesty.
1: He, and, and that's and that's why I love me some Patrick Henry. He he at least has the guts to go. You know what? You're right. I could free them now. But I wouldn't be able to live this lifestyle. Right. You're right, and and this is an era when folks took their fear of God quite seriously. Patrick then goes on to say, "And I will be judged by my Maker for it." And he that that's not just idle talk. Right. You you see that as a, a theme in his letters. He's like, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to be judged for this, and I'm not looking forward to it."
0: And when Jefferson was more or less more or less asked the same question, he gave a philosophic answer. He said, "Well, we here <laughs> we we were born and we have a wolf by the ears." Right. We can neither hang on nor let go. And and I, I think it's a different letter, but he goes on to say that he, he realizes that this great sin of slavery cannot be amended or fixed in this country without great effusion of blood. And he trembles for that moment right. that he knows will come in American history. And that, and he, it knows, does. And
1: that he knows he's contributed to, I would say. I mean, these guys had to know that. Of course they did. Because here's the other thing. There's also, with all of these obstacles that that Jefferson had to free or these other guys did, there is also the thing of, okay, if you can't get the legislature to do it, you can still lead by example, which is what Washington was doing in his will. He was sending a very clear message to the Custis grandchildren, the grandchildren of his wife. Look, I'm freeing my slaves. So all the slaves of your family that they've intermarried with, maybe they should be free too? You get what yeah, I'm saying? I don't right. want to break up families. Do you understand what I say when I say that? And then you've also got a guy like Robert Carter, frees 500 slaves, just does it.
0: Well, and he can afford to.
1: Well, but he, 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 he has to do a lot of financial oh, manipulation yeah. to do it. And, yeah. and his estate is greatly reduced. But he's, But he says, yeah, I'll be poorer after this. Right. So what? Yeah. So— oh. And this is the milieu that, you know, you've got Jefferson, you've got a guy like Carter, you've got Henry, you've got Washington, all these guys. I mean, you can't separate these guys. First off, you can't separate them from slavery. You can't you separate can't. early American history from slavery. You can't. You can't separate modern American history from slavery, as we've seen. And you certainly, your man T.J., well, he is so in it.
0: And, and I feel... Feel so bad for him because he knows it's wrong. And he, and I'll say this, and then then we'll wrap it up. But this is <laughs> this is what I talk about in class. Is you have to understand when we say slavery in America, right? Slavery in the founding era, colonial era, was a very different critter than it became in the 1850s up to 1860. All these founding fathers, they all knew and felt not just the founding fathers, but the slave owners at the time, it was within the culture that, like Patrick Henry said, we know it's bad. We wish we could get rid of it, but we're just we're confronted with the difficult realities of trying to solve this moral and social issue. And, and by the time you get to 1850 right. and 60 in the South, they're like, well, slavery's a greater good. Of course black people should be slaves. Right. Duh, that's the way it's supposed and to be, and we will defend it with war.
1: There's even the cultural element right there from the beginning of if we free these slaves, then do these two peoples live together in society? They can't fathom that being possible. Right. But at least at that point, they're just questioning it. By the time you get to the 50s,
0: 1850s, they say it can't can't happen. So for slavery in the 1850s, see a future podcast. (laughs) And that's... (laughs) Bye!
1: (laughs) Then Again with Ken and Glenn is a production of the Cottrell Digital Studio at the Northeast Georgia History
0: Center. If you've enjoyed listening to Then Again with Ken and Glenn, please make sure that you subscribe and help us out by writing a review. To learn more about the Northeast Georgia History Center, visit www.negahc.org.